This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. First of all, I love Jay-Z. I think he's I think he's extremely talented. He's very philanthropic. We love the concert and we want to keep it. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on a rainy Saturday in the Delaware Valley. Good evening everybody and thanks for tuning in. A lot of uh, activity around the city of Philadelphia and we're going to spend some time tonight uh, on a couple of different issues, Jay Doc, and we welcome our listening uh, audience into it. You heard the uh, Mayor Kenny referencing uh, in that audio clip coming into the show uh, his love of Jay-Z. And of course, the controversy has um, sp- has started to simmer uh, about uh, after this year's Made in America con- uh, concert being moved uh, off the parkway. Uh, we'll deal with that as Mike Barnes, the business manager for IATSE 8, um, will be along with us and we'll get his perspective uh, and his conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, t- you know, anybody who's been in, in, in the uh, Philadelphia region knows that uh, the the mayor made an announcement that uh, they're going to be moving the Made in America concert, that's a tradition here, off the parkway. And, of course, Jay-Z, he he jumped right back. He wrote an op-ed, real disappointed. I think uh, the the mayor said that it was was $600,000 that's owed or something like that. Jay-Z... Uh, you know, came right back at him and said that, that over, I guess, over the years that it's been, that, that the concert's been going on, uh, it's generated $102 million. Well, it goes back, I guess, to t- 2012 is, is the starting point for uh, Made in America. And up until this announcement from City Hall, I'm not sure the issue was ever raised before about moving it away uh, and moving it from uh, its current location, so we'll deal with that. Mike Barnes will be along, uh, and we'll have that. We'll have all of that uh, in our opening block. We're also going to get into uh, the rolling J dock that came down, upholding uh, the soda tax uh, here in Philadelphia. We've got some audio clips from Mayor Kenny talking about that. We'll play that uh, throughout the show, uh, and we've got some support. Uh, Ted Kirsch will be along. He'll be our special guest for that uh, coming up in our second block tonight. Good show tonight. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, uh, the, the, the PA Supreme Court upheld the soda tax, uh, and you know how controversial that's been in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I mean, whoever's for it is staunchly for it, and whoever's against it is staunchly against it. Uh, no question, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be talking about that in the, in the B block. Now, let our listening audience know it's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. We're powered by Pond Lahaki Stern and Giordano. We're driven by Chapman Ford. We're fueled 
by our good friends at the Sinesta Hotel. Our Labor Leader Roundtable returns uh, to the Sinesta Hotel uh, with our next uh, roundtable in September. Uh, and we're going to have our uh, friends and big supporters of the radio program, Teladoc, uh, will be part of that conversation uh, and part of that roundtable at the Sinesta. Yeah, no, we're going to talk health care. It's going to be a health uh, a healthcare round table. We're going to have great labor leaders, and certainly we appreciate Sinesta, who does a great job for us, and healthcare is a, is a hot topic, and and uh, it's going to be a great roundtable, no question about that, in September. Chris Woods, Executive VP of 1199C, uh, will be along this Janus ruling that uh, we've uh, had conversation about uh, on this program, including our Janus special, uh, going back three weeks now. Well, that conversation is going to continue. That conversation, J-Doc, uh, will not go away. So we'll deal with that, and Chris Woods will bring some perspective uh, on that Janus decision. How does it filter down? How does the ruling filter down to the workers that make up the union? And will the are the union members staying together on this? That's a question. Uh, we talked about it w- uh, when we uh, did our special uh, with AFL-CIO President Pat Eiding. Uh, it's a discussion that we're going to continue uh, to have. Uh, and I think it comes down to conversation and dialogue. Jay Doc, even last week, Senator Bob Casey on this program talked about uh, the need to communicate more with the union community. Well, no question about it. And the Janus decision is, a, uh, you know, I, I mean, a major situation in labor. Um, I think it's that the, the rank and file is going to follow the lead of the, of the of the union leadership. So Chris Wood is the executive. He's not only the executive vice president of 1199C here in in uh, Philadelphia, but he's also the executive director of the the, the National Union of Hospital and Healthcare Employees. And and you know, we're, a lot of the unions been been preparing for this situation. Uh, but there's a lot of different um, scenarios. There's a lot of different um, strategies that are being enacted by labor. And and um, there's a there's a lot of dialogue that's going on between labor leadership and, and rank and file members on why voting. And voting for those who 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 represent your interests, and not just we had a, we had a program the other day with with uh, former Governor Ed Rendell, and and he uh, he gave us a great perspective and talked about individuals sometimes vote you know with their heart, and they'll vote and they'll and they'll vote sometimes just on how they feel about a person. Um, you got to dig deeper than that, man, and you got to dig you got to dig with this with the, with the um, and you got to vote with the individuals that represent the issues that are important to you. I, and and hey, like, we're, this is a union town. That's a, it, this it is, is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. We exist in this, this program and this radio show exists in the city of Philadelphia because Philadelphia is a union yeah, town. It, if you're not communicating. Or you're not talking to the membership, right. to the members. You're a union guy. Yeah. You're in a union. Yep. If, if you're not getting feedback, if you're not getting dialogue, if you're not getting conversation on either the facts, the truth, the reality, the 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 the, 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 the for every action is a reaction. J. Doc, when this happens. This is going to happen. Right. I don't know if people think that through. Well, I mean, listen, people get bogged down with their everyday life. They're paying bills. They're going to work. They're raising kids. Um, 
and Johnny Doc says it. He says it. You know, you, if you listen to the, uh, to you know, to the um, the clips, you know, on our show, um, you know, people, the Democratic Party is is you know made up of many different components, social issues, and of course economic issues and work issues, and a lot of our union members. You say this is a union town, no question about it. Well, Donald Trump. Uh, was 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 uh, talking the talk. He talked about NAFTA, uh, you know. Talked about manufacturing. He talked about jobs, and you know, right away he got union members. He was the he was really the alternative candidate that was gonna that was gonna get rid of gridlock in Washington. People were sick and tired of gridlock in Washington, and so you got you know he appealed to a lot of people's, uh, you know, not not just their hearts but their their dismay with the the political system and. They voted for him. They crossed, they crossed, crossed political aisles. And if you're a union member and you were, you know, and you see what just happened with his Supreme Court pick and the one that's on the table, you got to think deeper than that. You got to be having this discussion at your dinner table so that you understand it when you get in that voting booth. It directly affects what your, you know, your economics. But 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 if you're interested in, um, you know abortion or you know uh you know women's issues or gay rights those you know some people vote with their social issues and that's and that's fantastic and that's okay as as long as you know you understand that your economics are also being affected all right i want to bring our listening audience back into uh the conversation that that we led with and we're going to start with uh we came on at the top of the hour and we played the initial uh, Mayor, a quote from Mayor Kenny uh, at a press conference, uh, all talking about Made in America and the concert being pulled away uh, from the parkway. Glenn, if you will, for me, um, I want to play that second Mayor Kenny bite so we can uh, listen to it and try and figure out, J. Doc, what's he saying here? What's the real reason why? Made in America is being moved or potentially moved or is being moved away from the parkway. What's he trying to say? What's the answer? Uh, We heard the noise. What's the real answer? Here's the clip. There's some operational difficulties on the parkway, difficulties because of how long it takes to kind of set up and take down. Um, We were in conversations with the people we thought uh, were communicating that to Rock Nation and to Jay-Z. Apparently they weren't. That's Mayor Kenny talking about uh, or trying to explain, I should say, why they would move an event on the parkway that has a history that goes back to 2012. I don't know whether or not the figures that Jay-Z referenced, $100 million in economic boost for the city, I have no idea whether or not that's accurate, whether that's a speculation. It sounds like if it, it sounds like it potentially could be when you look at the number of people that go there. But what's the reason why they're moving it for the parkway? I would say, I, I would say this. Let me say this. We've had Mike Barnes on this program many, many times. Whether Mike Barnes has been on this program or not, and for the listening audience, Mike Barnes is the business manager for uh, he's the business manager for IATSE Eight Stagehands. The Stagehands. Nothing happens in this city that Mike Barnes and IATSE they don't have their hands on. So when I hear a soundbite from Mayor Kenny right. that says 
there's an, an issue. He's beating around the bush right. a little bit. There's an issue about uh, the amount of time it takes to break down. I take issue with that because just because I don't believe well, and, and the other thing is this. So, And Mike, and, and you're talking about the events, the big events that IATSE's involved All in. All of the events. Uh, it's incredible. And I mean, I happen to live in that uh, East Falls area uh, that right at the end of the East River Drive. So I come up and see them, that that that, that big stage set up and all those things set up and, and broken down in, 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 it seems like, days. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of jobs on the line. The one thing that's important is, um, and, you know, and Jay-Z, you know, he, uh, look, everybody loves the, it's so much history in the parkway and tradition, uh, and that's great. But also, let's not forget about the working the working hours. No one knows where they're going to propose to try to put this thing. It's, it's an important situation. Let's bring Mike Barnes into the conversation, who's kind enough to jump on with us here on a Saturday night, uh, on Saturday Night Live with Phil Labor. Michael, a good Saturday to you, sir. Thanks for calling in, my friend. I think we lost him. Okay, Mike, are you there? Okay, uh, okay, so, okay, so, uh, okay, so we don't have uh, we don't have Mike Barnes yet. We're waiting for Mike Barnes, uh, so we'll leave Ted on hold. Let's stay there, Jay Doug. Let's stay on the conversation uh, if we can. Back to what I'm back to my point versus your point. What's the real reason no, why they're moving? Why they're moving the concert away from the Parkway? Is uh, it the uh, audience? Is it the crowd? Is it the makeup of the people that are coming to the Parkway? Yeah, no. I mean, you know, there's so many events down there, and you know, listen. I came out of the blue. We, you I don't know, understand. I, I don't understand. Could anything have been crazier than the than, than the parade for the Eagles, which was one of the greatest days in all of our lives? I mean, nothing was crazier than that. You don't hear anything absolutely insane going on. The neighbors, you know, obviously everything's an inconvenience you, down there. What, what would prompt the city of Philadelphia if if the concert? Has generated, as Jay Z speculated, a hundred million dollars. Uh, even with Mike Barnes not here to be able to test to it, we certainly can validate the the amount of work that goes into the preparation for putting on the event sure. uh, at a, at a high level. What would prompt the city to? unexpectedly explain a breakdown well, the, in communication the mayor says the mayor says it doesn't it, make sense to me the story you know the post show cleanup you know the ems support um and i'm and i'm and i'm reading from i think the philly.com um or billy penn report but um and and it costs like a 1.1 million which yeah it's a lot of money and he also says that rock nation only reimbursed six hundred thousand. they still in you know they still owe money um but if well, it's generate it, it, one, if it's generating one hundred and two million bucks, man. Well, uh, and and I was doesn't never, make sense. I, and I was never very good in math. But if and I, I haven't heard of any major incidents. All right, let me finish my thought. I was never very good in math. But if it's one point one million dollars in expense, in in terms of setup and cleanup, if that's the number, uh, and Rock Nation has given you six hundred thousand, so your net is five hundred thousand in the bucket. And the, the event is now six years strong, so you, you've got $3 million in expenditure. Let's be generous and say you have $7 million or $8 million. You know what? To make it easy for numbers' sake, it costs the city $10 million after reimbursement for the concert and the event. And you're generating $100 million Again, assume, for, you know, forget about $100 million. Assume Jay-Z's embellishing the story, and he's embellishing the number. Cut it in half. 
you're generating 50 million. We're, we're still in the black. You spent 10 million to make 50 million. What's the issue? Why would that event, the two day event, be moved? Completely catch everybody off guard, meeting the promoter, uh, Jay-Z, who happens it happens to be his event. But nobody knows, even 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 locally, catching sure. everybody off guard. Doesn't make sense to I me. I mean, the man hours that we're going to lose. Now, look, no one knows where they're, what the idea is for where they're going to supposed to switch it to. And I'm sure there's going to be man hours there. But at the bottom line is this. Um, you know, you, you you know, you don't you don't do something like that. You don't switch it. By the way, in a in a press release or in a or in a news conference where, uh, and, and I love the mayor. I mean, I you know I've supported him completely, um, but this one's just confusing. Um, you know, sometimes the, a mayor has to make difficult decisions, but um, you know. Now, now, hold on. Let me just say one thing. The, the, the mayor is meeting with Jay-Z's people. They're talking about solutions. You What's don't know, the solution? They're going to move it to a different location. Well, you they, don't know they, that. They, I mean, you know, they, you don't know it. They, that, may, they may come to a compromise or whatever. But so, so there is dialogue going to happen. So it's not a done deal yet, but everything's been turned upside down because you got workforce, you got all those things. All right, let's get to our first commercial break here on Saturday Night Live. With Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You have a thought, we'll take your call. What's the answer? Why is Made in America moving from the parkway? When we come back, we'll transition uh, into the Pennsylvania Supreme Court upholds the Philadelphia soda tax. Ted Kirsch will be along back in a moment. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hello, Delaware Valley. On a rainy, rainy day around the region. Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, Dan Loney will be along. He'll take you into the night from 8 to 11 p.m. Um, tonight. A special thanks to all of our listeners tuning in tonight. We're covering a lot. Mayor Kenny seems to be uh, filling our show with audio bites. Let me, Glenn, let me ask you to play a bite for me, please, uh, from uh, Mayor Kenny as we transition out of our conversation on the parkway uh, to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court upholding uh, the Philadelphia soda tax. We're now full speed ahead and doing what we need to do uh, to give equity into our neighbor, give our communities equity, and to give our kids a chance to meet their potential. Ted Kirsch is the president of the American Federation of Teachers in Pennsylvania. Uh, he joins us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Ted, along with Jay Doc, I'm Joe Krause. Uh, proud to say welcome to the program, sir. Thank you very much. Ted, it's, it's, it's great to have you, obviously. Um, uh, this week was a, a majority 4-2 to two decision. PA Supreme Court finally approved the, uh, the soda tax. Um, you know, as as a representative of teachers, um, and and knowing that this is going to be a you know big deal for pre K and 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 the uh, and the teachers in in in, in the area, um, tell us your thoughts. Well, first of all, I think that public schools are an issue uh, for the city of Philadelphia. We all want to have the best possible schools. We hear about. A lot of the young people moving in, and then when the time it's for schools, a lot of them are moving out. I think there needs to be some explanation, not so much about the Supreme Court decision 
And and I understand the union issue, and my brothers and sisters and the Teamsters, I understand the issues. But let me speak about as a teacher and not as a union leader, the importance of pre-K. When George Bush the first was president, we had a program in the public schools called Head Start. And Head Start was a pre-kindergarten program financed by the federal government. Barbara Bush was a very strong advocate for this program. And they conducted a study about those children who had the experience of preschool as as opposed to those that did not. And they found those that were in the preschool programs had a much lower rate of criminal activity and going to prison. They had a higher rate of graduation from schools. They had a higher rate of being on grade. So the issue is the importance of preschool. Now, we have a number of folks listening in to us tonight, and I'm going to make an assumption that those of us as parents and, as in my own case, as grandparents, our kids, for the most part, had preschool, whether it was nursery school or different preschools. So by the time they got to kindergarten, they had been exposed to education. I remember a few years ago, we had a superintendent of schools. I remember his name was David Hornbeck. And he and I did not get along. You know, he did not come from an education background. We constantly fought over educational issues. So at one meeting, I brought to a meeting a kindergarten teacher to explain to the superintendent what, why it's important to have preschool. And she proceeded to t- explain to him that when a lot of youngsters came to her a class, They had not been exposed to any education. Her children never had crayons. Her children were never read to. So they started in kindergarten. Now, remember, we're talking six years old already, that these youngsters had no formal education. They started in kindergarten behind their other students. That lag that starts in kindergarten is the same lag that goes all through the school system. So when we're talking about youngsters who are behind grade level, they're not being successful, we're able to prove and to show that these are youngsters that have not had an opportunity for preschool. That's why the tax is so important, that we're giving youngsters an opportunity that their own families do not give them. They don't read to the kids. They don't teach them so that they're prepared for the school system experience. And so when we talk about improving schools and doing well for kids, preschool is extremely important. And that's why the tax, whether it's a soda tax 
or a city council tax or part of a real estate tax. That's why the opportunity for preschool is so important for these youngsters because it stays with them the rest of their lives. Ted Kirsch, president of the American Federation of Teachers in Pennsylvania, joining us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Ted, does the tax, now that it has been upheld, does the tax now start to fix your problem or fix the problem, not your problem, but the problem of... uh, of pre-K and of the schools now that there appears to be at least some longevity in front of it? Well, it it is a help. It, it will help fix it to a degree. I don't want to be idealistic and think simply because we have this tax that it's going to solve all the problems. It's not. Because as I've read, and again, I'm not on top of the details, but have I read that it's not really bringing in, even with the tax, it's not bringing in the money they thought it would bring, so that is lessening the opportunity uh, for youngsters. So what's really important is that the city leadership understands the importance of pre-K, why it has to be funded, and how in the long run it helps the city in terms of keeping parents in the city schools. And when we look at some of the gentrification taking place in some of our neighborhoods in the schools, and people say, oh, look at this school. I wish I could get my kid in there. They're really doing well. Well, one of the reasons is that the parents who are moving in and are supporting their schools, where the school system doesn't, the parents are adding funds, are helping to hire people, giving their kids opportunities. This is an important part of the success and the growth of this city. We want to keep these young people here. We want to improve our schools. And this tax, to some degree, it helps. It's not enough, but we need to do more of it. If you add on to the, uh, or you look at all of the other problems that the school system and the school district and the schools have to deal with, Ted, it almost appears to me and I don't know your thought on this, it almost appears to me while the tax, the soda tax may provide some relief, uh, what's next? Where, uh, what's the next revenue stream? Well, I think that there needs to be a realistic approach to the funding of public schools. You know, I remember a former dean of Temple speaking to a group of my teachers when we had a conference. And he made a statement, which I'd never heard before, and I've never forgotten. He said, if money doesn't matter, how come all the school systems that have money do well? And if you think about that for a second, and it was not a thought I ever had before, but when you look at the suburban schools and we talk about how terrific they are, they fund them. The youngsters coming into school get opportunities. And so I think rather than looking at a piecemeal, I think we need to have maybe a summit about education because some of the things that I'm saying about education are not part of the discussion. Yeah, no, I think I, I think part of the problem is, Ted, and it certainly was for, for a lot of record, is people didn't, there's a disconnect between how important pre-K is and, and how, you know, the long-term growth of, of a child. I agree. And I think that's what's important for the city, the citizens to think about. You know, I know I sometimes hear about senior citizens, and they say, well, my kids went to school. Why should I pay taxes? 
Well, your kids went to school. Now let's think we're at another level. Your kids are grown. They're successful. Let's talk about our grandkids. That's a generation we never think about. But as senior citizens, and I include myself in that category, (laughs) my grandkids, although they don't live in Philadelphia, go to the public schools and they went to good public schools. That's a discussion that has to be had. We're functioning and talking about the wrong things. We're talking about money. We're talking about dollars. We're not talking about the economic growth of this city. We're not talking about the success and the lives that these young people will have because they have been exposed to this education that we want for our kids, we want for our grandkids, but let's give it to all kids in this city. They all deserve those opportunities. Ted Kirsch, president of the American Federation of Teachers of Pennsylvania, joins us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Later. Ted, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, good to have you on here tonight. We'll get to our commercial break on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. Chris Woods will be along. More on the Janus decision later on in the program before we say goodbye. Uh, More conversation about the parkway. Why in the world would you move Made in America from the parkway? There's an answer out there. We just don't know what it is. Back in a moment. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Shout out to everybody around the Delaware Valley tuning in. Uh, to an active show tonight, J-Doc. Yep, absolutely. Shout out to uh, my man J- Jim Jenkins and his uh, Flags Initiative. He'll be on in a couple weeks to give us an update there. Uh, right now, I'm happy to bring on uh, the Executive Vice President of 1199C, uh, our good friend Chris Woods, who is also, by the way, the Executive Director of the National Union of Hospital and Health Care Employees. Chris, welcome to the show. Good evening, man. Thanks for having me. And I have a uh a special guest on my end as well, my son, CJ, Lil Chris. All right. Calling in on the line with me as well. CJ, what's up, brother? What's up? <laughs> Sound, right, good stuff. Fantastic. I, like I got you. Yeah, by the way, I got, you know, I was I was uh, notified of that. Listen, yeah, we're going to have a good segment with your dad, uh, Chris, and, and, and we're going to talk about a lot of things and feel free to chime in. Um, well, his dad is Chris. His, his son is CJ, right? That's right. All right, good stuff. So, so, um, so, big Chris. <laughs> um, so, so, first off, start off if you, you can take a couple minutes to tell us what's going on with eleven ninety nine C. Well, we just finished up uh, most of our hospital contracts uh, June thirtieth. We had most of the hospitals that expired on June thirtieth. Actually, this cycle we had over fifty four contracts in our district that expired on that date. Uh, the major ones were the hospitals that we've been able to reach uh, an agreement with both uh, Jefferson, Hahnemann, and Temple. Um, we still have the subcontractors at Hahnemann that uh, we'll be bargaining with this month to bring those to completion. And also we've had um, a lot of nursing homes that have changed hands this year, a lot with new employers coming into the Commonwealth, taking over some of our long-term care facilities, and we've been able to reach an agreement with them as well and uh, put some interim agreements in place. Um, to kind of hold our, our, our collective bargaining agreements in place until we can uh, finalize uh, uh, overall collective bargaining agreement. We also, um, as we get ready to move into August in the next couple of days, um, you know, we also do our annual book bag drive in the name of Norman Rafer, who was one of our uh, organizers um, when the union was first started here in Philadelphia. Um, he was killed on our first picket line at Metropolitan Hospital. So 
every August, uh, August 28th is actually a, pre- a premium paid holiday in most of our contracts in his name and in his honor. And we have our book bag drop that's coming up on August the 25th, where we'll probably give out about 800 book bags filled with school supplies for our members and members of the community for the kids to go back to school this year. So we got... Chris, how long How long is that? Chris, how long, how many years now for the book drive? This is uh, our fourth one um, that we've been doing since uh, the last four years. We've been putting this thing together. We've been thinking, you know, a lot lately uh, on how we honor him. And four years ago, we decided to say, look, uh, we know we have the premium payday in, the, uh, in, the, in our collective bargaining agreements, but we want to do something extra and something that we could really get out to our members and educate them. We have a lot of new members that's coming through at a lot of our facilities. And so um, we want to make sure that they understand who he is, why, why, why we celebrate him so much, and all of the things that he's done for our union for us to be in our position that we are today. And if anybody's ever stopped by 1199C, you have the big, photo, the big, the big uh, portrait of him right there. It's, it's emotional and very impressive. Right. And we also, we, we on starting... Last year, we decided to do something else that was because you're talking about the portrait that's inside. But if you come by our building um, for the whole month of August, on August 1st, we'll put out a flyer and a banner of him at the top of our building that will be out there for all of uh, the days of August just to continue to highlight him and uh, just to show our appreciation um, for all that he's meant to our union. 800 800 book bags uh, last year. Uh, safe to say the number, Chris, is 3,000 book bags over four years, 2,500 over four years. It's, it's a, oh, yeah. whatever, whatever the number, it's a significant number. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely safe to say. It's um, continuing to grow. It's continuing to be a phenomenal event um, for our members and also uh, the community members that come out. And I want to you know, take time out to thank all of our vendors um, who help us put on the day to be in position to give back. And that's one of the most important things we can do from our union is to always give back. And that's something that uh, Henry uh, was always a part of. Anytime something was going on in the city of Philadelphia, uh, folks have always called on our union, and we've been able to, you know, hit uh, the task. Now, now, Chris, you know, and in giving back and, and the organizing efforts, everything you guys do, we're going to touch – on a Janus decision, um, that 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 is the exact opposite of everything that you guys do for the community and for your members. Um, tell me your your thoughts um, on on that and and what unions can do and what unions are doing to combat that. Yeah, I mean, well, the Janus decision is a decision that um, you know we've been anticipating over the last year and a half. Um, you know, highlighting that we knew that, um, especially after we lost the, the November election, we knew that it would be a decision that wouldn't be going in our favor for our public sector members across the country. And uh, what it did was it took away uh, the agency fee um, that a lot of us had in place where uh, folks had to pay a percentage of the dues if they uh, were not going to be full dues-paying members. And that now is unconstitutional. So now essentially what you'll have is you'll have people who would be able to opt out of the union and you'll have folks uh, in the agency fee world that's going away that uh, they don't have to pay any percentage of the dues and they can still be represented by us and they can still receive the benefits um, under the collective bargaining agreements that we fight so hard for, for all of our members 
um, not just here in Philly, but nationally across the country, um, that now these folks will uh, will be able to, um, you know, freeload fruits of our labor. Chris, so doing, Chris, uh, let me get you. Let me get your opinion on this. J. Doc suggested in our Janice special, I think it was, or maybe it was the follow up to that. Uh, an interesting idea or thought. I'm. It's just a thought, I guess. I'm not even sure it's able to be implemented. But for those that don't want to pay union dues or for those that don't want to participate, is it feasible to ask them to sign off on an acknowledgement that, that they won't benefit from what the collective bargaining agreement is going to provide for the members? I, I wish it was that easy and that simple but i think um you know the trouble with that is you can't discriminate against folks and so um what we're going to do is we're going to use it as an opportunity to educate and engage and um we've had great discussions with folks um locally here and nationally where we had a lot of members who didn't even know that they were fair share or agency fee and uh from the we got to become organizers again so going out whether that's in the shop or actually going to their homes to knock the doors and go back grassroots where we, this is how the whole union was built was from our grassroots movement. And so we got to become organizers again. And, um, you know, what we've seen here, we've had a lot of success in talking to those folks who were agency fee, who are now, I'm proud to say that a lot of our folks are signed up as full dues paying members. And I know a lot of unions across the country um, and locally here in Philly are, are running all types of programs um, to become organizers again. We have to change our mindset. We can't get caught up in titles. We all have to knock the doors. And uh, this is nothing that we haven't seen before. I was telling folks um, just in Boston at our uh, international ASME convention last week that I can remember a time where folks actually had to come to the union hall and pay dues. Mm-hmm. And and you get a receipt for it. I mean, that's things that I saw my actual grandmother do. Hey, so, Chris, Chris, I'm an iron worker, and that's what we do every month. So exactly. and, and, and and some people say, Chris, and by the way, your leadership is unbelievable. And the things that you're talking about, I mean, just absolutely motivates me. It's the way we're going to get through this. But, you know, with Pat Eiding and Rick Blumendale, we've heard them say, uh, you know, that this may make us stronger. This is going to give us the opportunity to stay in touch with our members. And like what you're saying, organize internally, not just organize new workers, but to internally talk to our members on a daily basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it is. And I said this, too. I mean, it's going. we're going to make sure that this backfires. We're not going to, uh, you know, run away and go home. We're going to make sure that it backfires. We're going to be stronger than ever. We're going to be more vocal than ever. We're going to make sure that every member um, who's covered by our union and our collective bargains knows the importance of why you need to be in your union, why you need to be active in your union, and what the uh, significant and what the value is of actually being able to sit down across the table from an employer and bargain and bargain effectively. And we're going to not, we're not going to let people take advantage of that. So we're, this is going. We're going to make sure that it backfires. Uh, we've been running programs. Uh, for the last year and a half as we've been waiting for this decision to come down. And like I said, um, we have <clears throat> folks who have signed on to be dues, full dues-paying members who um, we're just going to continue to sign them up, and we're going to continue to do the work. We've never been afraid to do the work. We've never been afraid to be grassroots. And so that's what we're going to go back to. I think it's going to energize us. 
I think you're going to see a lot of, not just our union, but a lot of unions and members across the country is going to make sure that this backfires. You'll have some knuckleheads who just won't get it, and that'll be what it is. But at the end of the day, we're going to be strong. We're going to survive this. This this is nothing to us. We've been through this before. We've been through a year and year with all the different attacks on labor, and we're not going to sit back and allow this to end us or tell us to go home. We're going to be strong. We're going to be out there. We're going to be fighting on every issue. And we're going to get it done, man. This is going to backfire. We're going to make sure it backfires. Awesome. And then they'll be coming with the next thing. And we're going to make sure that um, if we can do this right, and I believe if we can do this right on the public sector side, then we can avoid for things like this to come to the private sector as well. For us unions who represent both, uh, we'll make sure that we do a good job of not letting it come to our side. But this is exciting for us. It gives us some energy around our members and, and collective bargaining and the union in general. And and, I, and you can see it. You can feel it when you talk to people. Again, just coming off of our international convention, folks were excited. We actually had over a thousand new delegates to the convention. So, you know, just that right there shows you that people are not running scared. People are not giving up on their unions. Um, you know, it's just time to really engage, lock in and make sure we're having conversations. Well done and well said. Uh, Chris Woods, Executive Vice President of 1199C. Uh, CJ gets final word before uh, we say goodbye. CJ, uh, will you be assisting? Will you be helping? Will you be preparing and packing uh, some of those backpacks at the annual drive this year? Yes. All right. Well, listen, like like father, like son. Good to be selfless. You got an awesome dad, CJ. Chris, thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, anytime you guys need me, just reach out to me and, and I'll be available. Awesome, right. my Sounds friend. Sounds good. It's Chris Woods, the executive VP of 1199C, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Uh, we'll get to a short break back in a moment on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. I've been coming out of step with them guys, okay? And I was a treasure to Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't yet, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm-hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We end the show in our final segment with the way we started the show, asking the question, why in the world would they want to move the Made in America concert from the Parkway in Philadelphia, which has a history going back to 2012? Uh, for some thought and perspective, Mike Barnes, business manager of IOTC 8, now joins us here on uh, Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Michael, uh, thanks for jumping on, man. A good Saturday evening to you. Hey, guys. Thanks for accommodating my schedule. really appreciate you getting me in tonight. No problem. So, Mike, tell us, tell us what's going on. So, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the mayor has a heavy agenda, and he, you know, he's lifting a lot of heavy things, and, and he's focused on a lot of different areas. And in doing that, he has to delegate and get input from, from the people that surround him. And I think in this case, uh, some of the people that had advised him on this decision uh, didn't include uh, the people they needed to, for instance, Jay-Z's team and also Labor, who I think have had the opportunity to chime in and give the mayor uh, a different perspective the mayor may have made a, uh, a different decision. Michael, let me play a soundbite, if I can, uh, from Mayor Kenny um, from his press conference, um, and then I want to get you to uh, I want to get you to react to it. There's some operational difficulties on the Parkway because of how long it takes to kind of set up and take down. Um, we 
were in conversations with the people we thought uh, were communicating that to Rock Nation and to Jay-Z. Apparently they weren't. Michael, I have never in all of my existence and familiarity with the, with the work that you do have ever heard the phrase operational issues with setup or takedown. Ever. Well, I, I, I well, never have. In all of the grand scale of everything that your hands are on, I've never heard that before. Well, Joe, that, that kind of sums it up because it, it's, an, it's a real easy fix. And you know, the, the mayor, to his credit, has now listened to, to labor, has listened to the stagehands' perspective on it. We have scheduling that is set by the producer based on the amount of time that we have to set up a show. And we always hit our mark. So for the Made in America, uh, we were given 14 days to do the show, and, and we scheduled that in a time that, that hit our mark. When we go down to do the Billy Joel Eagles concert, because of the squeeze we have with the, with the Philly schedule at Citizens Bank Park, that time limit is reduced. We will hit our mark this weekend. The way we do it is we just do double shifts. So instead of doing uh, a 10-hour or 12-hour day, it's not uncommon for the stagehands to work 24 hours around the clock with an overnight shift. If we did that for MIA, we could cut six days off of the production and free up the parkway uh, 35% of the uh, reduction of 35%. That, right off the bat, is an easy fix to accommodate one of the concerns of the neighbors. Now, Mike, um, you know, there's there's rumor of a, of a meeting with the mayor, um, like a meeting of the minds. Is there a shot that this thing, everybody gets on the same page and, and it stays on the parkway? I believe there is. I just want to make sure it's clear that the move or the conversation about moving it away from the parkway has nothing to do with setup and breakdown. A hundred percent of the time, Michael, you're on point with, with, with getting the job done. Well, again, Joe, it's just a matter of, of, of how it was scheduled, and that's sure. why I said it's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. If, if the production people, if the local people, if the Jeff Gordons of the world sure. were brought into the conversation, we could have fixed this within 30 minutes. Right, because you're, you're doing the same amount of man hours. You're just you're taking them. In other words, you know how many man hours there are. You, you're, you're gonna, you, instead of spreading it out over 14 days, everybody, you're working two shifts, three shifts, and it's a 24-hour job. Uh, and, 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 and and it gets done in six days. Exactly. I mean, now you have the, the show days, obviously, or the show days. Sure. But the amount of time to set it up and take it down can be literally cut in half. And, and that's one problem. But here's the other issue that I think is that needs to be focused on. We have to decide whether the city of Philadelphia, who has had success with big ticket items like the Pope, like the, like the DNC and like the NFL draft and like the Eagles parade, sure. whether we want to continue to do those big events, because the park, if we are, the parkway needs to be included in that matrix. And the mayor, I, to, I believe will put the people that need to be put at the table to work with the community issues, to solve their issues so that we continue to do big events. We need to be right now talking about bringing the NFL draft back in 2020. It's, it went to Dallas. It's going to Las Vegas. Dallas had it was nothing like the Philadelphia nothing. Uh, NFL draft. You saw it, Joe. We yep. all saw it, right? And that that is that whole event is driven by sponsorship. It's not a television event. The sponsors pay for that event, and the sponsors hit a grand slam in Philly. They're going to demand to come back here, and if they do, they're going to go to the Parkway. We need to be pursuing that right now. 
Absolutely. It's a showcase piece in our city. It's a big, those events that we've talked about time in and time out are, are, are reasons why Philadelphia is on the map right now. Does the neighborhood have the ability to, 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 to put a, well, to put a, you know, a dagger in the plans? It, I can't it, believe that. You know what, the point is that you respect the neighborhood, no question, but listen, the, the, the city's not only done it. We, we've done a great job. Mike's crew's done a great job of, of 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 chipping in to get these great events done on time and 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 awesome events. But also the Philadelphia police have done a great job. I mean, all of our first responders have done a great job. I can't remember the last time I've heard of a major incident at one of these events. So it's it's a showcase area, and and I'm assuming that's a big part of the conversation, Mike, as well. Not only. Made in America, but all future events down there. Joe, that's the that's the conversation with every event in every city. There's parking issues, there's road closures, there's noise, uh, and then there's crime. The good thing is with with our events, the crime has been non-existent. Mm-hmm. So we deal with the parking. We we deal with the parking through a shuttle system, and we park the the, the patrons off site. We deal with the road closures by better communication. We use organizations like POM with, with, that we use down the convention center to have pre-cons before these big shows come into the convention center. If we apply those same concepts to these big ticket item events, we will have the same success as we've had at the convention center. There's no doubt in my mind. Mike Barnes joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Well, uh, Michael, as we say goodbye to you on a Saturday night, uh, two of your biggest fans and the work that all of your guys do and girls do uh, are sitting right here in this studio. Well done, sir. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Mike. I am confident I will be back in the next show and we'll be talking about how we're extending MIA. I have faith in the mayor. Awesome. Right. Good Thank stuff. You. That's Mike Barnes here on a Saturday night, live on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. That's going to bring our show to a close. Quick show tonight. Special thanks to Mike Barnes, Ted Kirsch, Chris Woods, and CJ. CJ. Coming to us on a Saturday night. On behalf of J-Doc, Glenn, I'm Joe Krause. Stay tuned for Dan Loney. See you next time, everybody. I had an injury to my neck. It wasn't a serious injury, it was a herniated disc, which was, you know, relatively easy to fix. Murphy's Law, anything that could go wrong went wrong. I've been in the hospital 23 times since. The bills started to pile up. My home was in foreclosure. My kids were being asked to leave school. I had nothing. I have nothing to give. We had nothing in the refrigerator. The electric was off. I was worthless. I was disabled. I would be dead and not sit right now if it wasn't for Pamahaki. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.